Hi, I'm Caleb Giddings from Gunnets Media, and you're watching Firearms Industry News for the week ending May the 22nd. And we're going to start the news off with good news. It appears that the coronavirus quarantines are really starting to wind down across a lot of the country, which means people are getting back to shooting matches, which is good for me because I miss shooting matches. I really like it, and it's also part of my job. So being able to, you know, do my job is nice. Weird, right? People like to do their jobs. I like to do my job. Anyway, let's get into the news now for this week. And unfortunately, though, even with the quarantine starting to lift across the country, there is a bit of bad news. Uh, the International Confederation of Revolver Enthusiasts, also known as ICOR, canceled the International Revolver Championship, which was scheduled to be held in November uh, in Frostproof, Florida. I suspect that this has a lot to do with the same reasons why IDPA canceled their national championships. They're concerned that with the secondary economic effects of the COVID-19 crisis, that people aren't going to be able to trans travel, they're not going to want to spend the money, and they're not going to want to fly across the country to shoot a match. And it affects the ability to put on a quality match when your sport is entirely volunteer-driven. So with IDPA's nationals canceled and ICOR's nationals canceled, the only nationals left standing now is USPSA. USPSA has delayed some of their national championships, but they have not yet canceled the 2020 national championship matches. We'll see how that goes as we get further on into this crisis. Now the next piece of news is a little bit of insider information. As we all know, the NRA has been dealing with some, how can I put this, internal turmoil. Let's call it that. And there's lots of resources out there if you're looking for information on what's been going on with NRA, with you know the attempted removal of Wayne from leadership. People are very dissatisfied with Wayne. There's their whole lawsuits with ACMAC, uh, Ackerman McQueen, which are problematic. But I stumbled across an interesting little tidbit. So I was reading a press release from the Second Amendment Foundation, and they mentioned in their press release that they had hired Glenn Caroline. Glenn Caroline used to work for the NRA's Institute for Legislative Action. He was like the number two or three guy there. So he... Glenn Caroline reported directly to Chris Cox. Chris Cox was the head of ILA. He was the most effective lobbyist that they had. And obviously he's gone now because of this whole falling out with Wayne. So Glenn leaving is very interesting because Glenn was a super effective lobbyist. He was actually one of those people that you didn't know about that worked for the NRA who got stuff done. Like critical bits of their mission were accomplished because of Glenn. Glenn was actually my boss when I worked for the NRA PVF doing election work back in 2010. He was a great guy, super committed to the mission, and, you know, again, we got some good work done, and he continued to get a lot of good work done back then. So the fact that he's gone from NRA, and I spoke to some insiders, and it wasn't uh, a good parting, let's just say that. But here's the good news. His loss is, is the Second Amendment Foundation's gain. And SAF has been out there doing the Lord's work on the Second Amendment ever since DC versus Heller. And I am so happy to see somebody with the connections and the skills that Glenn has land with the Second Amendment Foundation. 
That's awesome. That's a huge win for the SAF. And I hope that they get to continue doing their work and their work is bolstered by having somebody as talented and as connected as Glenn with them. So it's interesting watching the NRA continue to kind of self-destruct a little bit from the inside while at the same time the you know there's gains being made in other places so good job saf i'm glad you picked glenn up hopefully you guys are going to do some awesome work together and now we have a bit of industry news and this industry news comes from the atf the atf is pushing out an updated 4473 so for my friends who own or work at gun stores pay attention this is for you they're pushing out a new 4473 in May. Uh, the new form, I'm going to read this straight off for you. New 4473 dropping, which has the following. The warning at the top of the form includes information about illegal exportation. Information on the firearm to be transferred is now Section A, which must be completed before the transferee completes Section B. I think that's a good change. I think that will reduce the error rate uh, on 4473s pretty considerably. The county block has been changed to County Parish Borough to accommodate Louisiana and Alaska, respectively. Oh, that's nice. A new item, 26C, has been included for the recording of official military orders establishing establishing permanent change of station so this is for the guys who are stationed at you know a military base they have their id from their home state and they can and they say well i'm stationed here so i can buy a gun legally in state now they have a method for documenting those orders item 26b which previously applied to situations in which the identification document did not show the current residence address of the transferee has been updated to include situations in which the identification document does not document does not include the full legal name of the transferee that's interesting use of here's the important part guys if you're a ffl use of the may 2020 approved form 4473 will be mandatory for all ffls beginning november 1st remember that november 1st ffls may use their supplies of current form 4473s until that date the new form and continuation sheets are available for pre-order in both english and spanish and ffls can expect those pre-orders to begin shipping in late july 2020 in addition, the ATF expects to ship 50 quantity starter packs of the new Form 4473s to all FFLs in late July 2020, and the agency intends to have an updated e-form 4473 up and running during that same time period for those FFLs utilizing FBI's NICS e-check system instead of the paper 4473. Uh, also, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, who pushed out this press release, has templates that overlay templates that will go over the sheets and the overlay templates are really cool i used to use them when i worked in a gun store and basically what it tells you is fill out here fill out here fill out here and it makes the process a lot better and it really does reduce the error rate on a 4473 and speaking of gun sales nick's checks were up again in april 25 percent over last april and what's interesting about this data is we ran more nicks checks in 2019 than we did in 2018 than we did in 2017 so the fact that gun that nicks checks are up that much higher month over month april 2020 versus april 2019 is amazing as a matter of fact tax week so from like the 13th to the 17th was the ninth busiest week in the history of the national instant criminal check system a lot of people out there running NYX checks, and NYX doesn't even capture all of the gun sales that are made, as a matter of fact, because there are a couple of states, like Florida, 
which use their own internal background check system, and that data is never, ever reported to Nix. So Nix has no visibility on the hojillions of guns being bought in South Florida. But I actually spoke to a Florida firearms dealer today, and they talked about how the FDLE, the computerized system that they use to do background checks, has been intermittently sluggish dealing with the incredible volume of checks. So... Gun sales are up, guys, and that is it for the news for this week. General updates on the show. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Amazon or Google, thank you very much. Love all those downloads. If you're watching this on Facebook and you want to share it out, let people know also that we are on iTunes, Amazon, Google, and now Spotify. I didn't get any of that Joe Rogan money, but having the podcast available on Spotify means that if you are a Joe Rogan fan and you're also a fan of me, which would be pretty tight, actually, you can now listen to all of those on one app because I'm on Spotify. All right, so we're on iTunes, Amazon, Google, Spotify. Obviously, if you're watching this on Instagram, thank you. If you're watching it on Facebook, thank you very much, guys. Stay safe out there. If you can't stay safe, stay dangerous.